This is Energy of Business Moments with Michael Seip, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their business success into your life and business. Energy of Business Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Michael Seip. Hey, everyone. Welcome again to the Energy of Business Moments podcast. I'm your host, Michael Seip, and I am thrilled to have today a couple of guys who can give some real insight onto how to be a better entrepreneur. And let me tell you, it's not about doing it by yourself. It's by doing it with others. In fact, they've actually written a book about it. It's called Don't Lead Alone. Think like a system, act like a network, lead like a movement. So today I've got Cleveland Justice and Daniel Student on the show. Guys, welcome and thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so guys, uh, you are a part of the Portrero Group at your own management consulting organization, and you help in various entrepreneurial areas, including, um, you know, not just private, but public partnerships and nonprofits. And so it's, it's across the board in terms of the reach that you have. And of course, Cleveland, you've done a lot of work by helping lead UC Davis's Institute for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. So you come with a lot of experience. So, uh, and then of course, Daniel, for you, you know, you've got a lot of that environmental, social, and cultural background that can bring in a blend of cross-section of information to help with others. So um, guys, tell us a little bit more than what I've just said about what you guys are providing and, and then a little bit about how that might relate to business. Great. Well, I, thank you so much for having us. It's an honor, honor to be here. You know, we are, as you said, we, we work uh, and run in the Petrera Group, but the genesis of the Petrera Group really came from our research and our work in entrepreneurs at the intersection of business, government, nonprofits. And, you know, we are convinced, and particularly we're based in California, but I think you know, this is throughout throughout the world, but particularly here in California, which has a lot of highly regulated industries, that for entrepreneurs and business people, they need to learn those skills to be able to harness the power of government, which is opening up new markets all the time in drugs and energy, pharmaceuticals, uh, housing, you know, you name it. Um, and work across those sectors. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs are really good at, at uh, raising money or, or one thing, but they, they try to do it all. And you know, what we have found is that the, the most successful entrepreneurs are able to bring in other skill sets, often really, really distant from their own, and harness that power of business, that power of government, and even the nonprofit sector to do things that neither of the other sectors are really good at. So that's really been our drive um, in both research and, and practice for us. Yeah, that's really cool. So, so Daniel, what else would you have to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we have seen um, people succeed by really figuring out how to help the world and help each other out. And, um, and we practice that in the way that we work in our business as well. You know, I, you know, I've been thinking recently just about Cleve as a leader. He's our leader inside our business and, you know, that he's been so great at teaching me how to be relational to others and offer something useful to the world and see what comes back to that and really invest both financially and in, you know, in your, um, your relationships with people. And so, you know, 
we literally wrote the book on it. Uh, we came together and uh, spent two and a half years. And I just want to say before I even tell you about the book that what's great about the book is Cleve is the type of leader who knows where he has gaps and is willing to take some of his own research um, and bring in someone who he just saw could really yes and is a phrase we use kind of add on top of it and build on it with him um and so the even the writing this book was uh was a practice in in sort of collaboration and being humble and being willing to kind of look outside your own skill sets so we've we've come up with this idea of don't need alone that we're really trying to put forward to people uh and i always use the word deceptively simple it is a really deceptively simple idea right it is just about bringing other people into your universe but somehow we all seem to get stuck in these silos, these things that we self-create. And I mean literal silos, right? Like if you think about silos in an agriculture in a farm field, right? You're just surrounded by a bunch of other seeds and they all think like they're so different than you. And we do this as entrepreneurs too, right? We go to all these events and we talk to other entrepreneurs, which is great, but it's about really thinking outside. There's a silo sitting right next to you and you can't see it, right? It's like fish in that fishbowl. You think all the world is water. Um, and so we really practice in that, in the way we work together and the way that we try to get out and communicate with our clients, which is just to be open to what's next door, open to new ideas, um, and, and build your business and result, uh, as part of that. So that's been really our, our mantra and how we have built, uh, you know, still growing business for ourselves and supported entrepreneurs who are building businesses of all sizes. Yeah. Great stuff there. So tell me a little bit more about the book and you talked, obviously, hear about the silo aspect of being an entrepreneur, right? So, so what's the corollary or the and of it? <laughs> well, you know, for, for us, say, the, the research led us to uh, about 15 skills for working at the intersection of business, government, and, and nonprofits. And we were really... Um, found and a little bit tired, frankly, of the sort of, you know, the hero myth of the entrepreneur. And we tell the stories of the Steve Jobs or, you know, somebody like that, that is really problematic because nobody's going to be like Steve Jobs or you, you name it. Um, and uh, we're interested in the skills that that great entrepreneurs are using to get their work done. So we, so we tell the stories of skills and I feel a responsibility of that since I, I teach um, students and, and fledgling entrepreneurs and help them. So those skills uh, we, we can talk about more specifically, but they broke down into the three subcategories of that you, that you mentioned in the title. So thinking like a system, um, acting like a network, and leading like a movement. And we, if you look at companies anywhere from uh, Google to Patagonia to um, you know, the, some of the, the recent innovations around um, pharmaceuticals and uh, immunizations like Moderna and Pfizer, there you, you can see how their leaders have uh, really thought like a system, act, acted like a network, and and moved um, as a movement. Nowhere in there do you hear this myth of the solo entrepreneur. Um, the research that we found in business and entrepreneurship um, finds it's just not the case. Yeah, that's great. So tell me about that research more. Like, does it apply to, you're talking about larger, you know, large cap kind of companies, but what about smaller and solopreneur companies? Yeah, I mean, I think what's really interesting about this is, you know, when we go into the book, we, we it's such a wide variety of great leaders using these skills, right? So we're able to see, you know, networks of nonprofits coming together to build a better world. You know, one of our case studies is around Presidio Land Trust, which was just 
a great collaboration of nonprofit civic leaders, artists were involved, right? You really get uh, a chance to see the skill sets showing up on multiple levels. Um, and that's really, you know, when you break down these three ideas, you know, think like a system is really just sort of understanding your desired impact and how it fits in the bigger picture. It's people who can look around and see how they fit into the world. And you can do that on a business level of any size, right? They talk about scale all the time for entrepreneurship endeavors. We were just having a very interesting LinkedIn conversation with someone around scale. Scale is important. It is how you grow. It is certainly how you grow the financial means of your business, but it's not the only important thing, right? It is also about the impact that your business is able to have on the stakeholders that you're trying to put forward. And a lot of companies are working on very small scales, that understand how they can amplify their work without themselves growing by the way that they're able to collaborate and make impact at what we call the intersection, where they're able to bring in other stakeholders. And that's really where that act like a network comes in, where you can uh, connect your work to others and find new collaborators. It's not networking. It's not, I'm going to go out and get you to be interested in my business as a new investor. It's actually, I'm going to go out and say, hey, Michael and Cleve, you seem to have some really interesting things in common, but then that circles back to me and allows me to grow at my scale and grow the impact of my audience and grow what I can potentially bring to my business. And finally, this lead like a movement is really about bringing collaborators together and, and, and uh, moving them in a unified direction. We have this great image on the cover of our book where it's an arrow. But the dot that is the main dot is not in the front of the arrow. It's inside the arrow. There are other dots coming in. And you can see, again, the impact we think of as an entrepreneur around the metaphor. You're still getting to be moved forward. You're still getting to go that, that place that you need to do to really amplify the impact of your work. Um, and it gets a little tougher there, right? There's more diverse opinion. There's more logic you have to go through. There's dissent you're going to have. Um, but it's where your leadership can most show up is really allowing the whole sector and multiple sectors to come together and saying, okay, now we can amplify Presidio being a great example where small individuals were able to build something that is one of the top tourist destinations in San Francisco and is funding and supporting so many different businesses of different sectors. Yeah, very cool. So tell me a little bit more. You know, we talk on this episode uh, or in this segment of the different types of energy. There's sort of like we have those highs and then we have our lows in our business. And so you talked about 15 skill sets uh, that you have in the book that you've identified. Um, how, how well do those serve the idea of like, for sometimes we have these blows in business, you know, these, these setbacks. Um, so, so how would some of the, that material relate to a low? You know, I, I think one of the, and I love, I love your, your, that approach because I think as entrepreneurs, we, we face us every day. You know, today, this morning, just an hour ago, I had to cancel a $15,000 contract with a, with a provider. And, and I may, we may risk losing that money, which is a big deal to us. And, you know, it's a very strong energetic flow. You know? But part of that um, that helped me bounce from that is, is the, the fact that, I'm, that I have a team with really diverse skill sets. So one of our skill sets that we've, um, identified in in entrepreneurs is is ability to bring in people that that are not like you 
Um, and so often, you know, we we create teams, entrepreneurs create teams of, you know, they're, and I worked with a lot of startups, um, tech startups and and um, academic spinouts uh, from the university. And they're like all tech founders and they're great, but it's it's a monoculture of, of personality and approach. So this energetic low I had this morning, you know, I, I on the call, I've got actors on our team and artists and business people and educators. And, you know, they, they um, are going to react differently because they, uh, see the world really differently than I do. And that is, I think, you know, what I see over and over again are um, in resilient teams, somewhat like nature, you know, there's a diversity and we really identified, and I don't mean just a diversity in terms of race or gender, but truly a diversity of skill sets and that ability to bring in team members that help you see what you don't see and help cover for uh, your weaknesses rather than being redundant uh, to your skill sets. And that's really the, the essence of what Daniels is talking about in terms of building a network is not just finding people like you by handing out business cards at network events, but truly being very conscious about what skills do I need as an entrepreneur, as a startup that are really different than, than my own. And often they're not technical skills or financial skills, they're design skills, they're design thinking skills, they're leadership skills. And I think that, you know, this experience to have this morning, which was still pretty raw for me, uh, is, is um, I know that that will be just fine because we've got a great team of people that, that uh, cover my weaknesses and, and bring really different skills to the table. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, Cleve. And, and the aspect of, yeah, it's if you're this entrepreneur and everything stops with you, then a yeah. contract loss like that's going to be huge, right? But at the same time, if you've got the team as you're talking about and that diverse angle of like, hey, there are different skill sets behind me that might be filling that gap. They've already got another $20,000 contract they're working on and it, you know, and I would never would have gotten that one, but they're bringing it. So, so that's a really great point. Um, Daniel, what would you add to that? You know, it's so funny. I, I'm going to give a personal anecdote in a second, but Cleve just made me think about, you know, these things show up every day. And that's, I think that's a first lesson right there. It's just like, you're not alone in the feeling of that low energy either. I was coaching someone yesterday. Uh, one of our clients is a nonprofit that supports a pretty major national park. And you may know the national parks in California, they've been hit hard, literally. There is snow covering half the national parks in this state that are literally closing the park. And this nonprofit exists to get people in that park and to make, that's how they make their income is off the people coming into the park. And so I'm having this conversation and saying, you know, how do we handle this situation? And recognizing that maybe this is a moment to say, hey, anyone out there have any interest in the skills my group has? Anyone else out there have some clients that we might be able to support, have some money coming in, have some reasons to get funding? And we brainstormed around potential partners for this person. And all of a sudden, something came up to her and she brought up a partner that could potentially be out there in the world that would have been a perfect fit around education of young people in her own community that she had never had a meeting with. And all of a sudden, a light bulb went off and that low energy became potentially future high energy. And I'll just add personally, uh, Cleve keeps referencing actors, so I'll come out here and say that I am the former theater director and actor. I literally watched people give me standing ovations, right? Most people don't get to go to work and get standing ovations 
as they do a job well done. Well, guess what? When you get those standing ovations, you also get that comment after the play of, oh, wow, the lighting was so good, which is basically them saying they didn't like it, right? I'm very good at learning that. Um, and so you get these lows, you go to auditions, get rejected over and over and over again. Um, but what happens is those relationships, when you go audition as an actor, sometimes they reject you, but they like you and they bring you in. And it's actually, it's not the instant fame people think happens to performers. It is the rat race of really building that relationship, getting to see them in other places. And we find that as we put proposals into our, um, for, you know, our work in a, as consultants too, you know, you go in and you do a really good job and you show up and you be authentic and you believe in your product and you show them where the value is. And a no doesn't always mean no. Um, so you really get out of that low can come if you're really genuinely trying to bring something to the world that you believe in, you have to hold on to that, that, that those moments do transform themselves as long as you're willing to be active and out there and saying hello and representing yourself and your values every time you show up somewhere. Yeah, that great insight there. And, and you know, I'm also hearing you say, you know, a no today is not a no tomorrow if you stand true to your values and what you're providing. Yeah, so, entrepreneurs and actors, I think, should get together and, and talk about that because I think they're two of the most rejected groups of people. And they should probably have, <laughs> speak of getting out of your silo, those silos should connect. I bet that you can talk to an actor tomorrow. I bet you might find some interesting ways to think about your career. Seriously, right? It might, yeah. That's what we're talking about. Reorient yourself. What can you learn from their experience? It might really help you understand how you as an entrepreneur can show up and present and take the feedback that actors are used to getting every day. Um, and I've brought that actually to some entrepreneurs to think more like an actor. Yeah, interesting. So uh, guys, you know, when we talk about low energy moments, we, un undoubtedly you've come across some businesses that have had those, those moments. And so when we talk about low, it's, it's not a, a volume, it's not a quantity. It's more right. of that, as you said earlier, that heaviness, right? It's that, that, that feeling behind it. And so typically what happens is that we either go into fight or flight mode, you know, our nervous system switches over and suddenly we're in the avoidance phase. We don't want, or, you know, victim phase, or more importantly, we might be fighting our competition to get market share. You know, th that kind of low moment might, might trigger something like that. Conversely, the, the high side is one of inspiration, joy, mm -hmm. gratitude, looking for opportunities, seeing, seeing, seeing uh, ways that the business can do better. And, yeah. and when you're in that negative state of that fight or flight, we don't see those things. And it really takes a, a great perspective shift. So, so brainstorming is one of those tools, right, to get out of it going like, hey, how can I look at this differently? But I'm going to imagine that in your book, you've also got some other skill sets you've, you've noticed. So what would be some, some things that could help people shift out of that low uh, into a high. You know, the, one of the one of the big um, big ones for us is it comes under our skills around thinking like a system. Because when I see and I've worked with thousands of entrepreneurs, um, primarily in the in the university setting, but also through con consulting, is is you know is people who are have a a solution looking for a problem, and you know this is well known. In entrepreneurship, but it's you know they they're convinced that their solution is the thing that everybody wants, and they haven't spent enough time really really understanding 
that problem. And, and we, we talk about that and, and thinking like a system to really understand uh, and ask those questions, um, really critical of, of uh, your stakeholders, of your customers, but more importantly, the system around you uh, so you can uh, be successful. And that, you know, by doing that need finding really effectively, it allows entrepreneurs to pivot. Um, because inevitably, you're going to have to pivot, and you know, you—that's you know, the hallmark I think of a really great entrepreneur is that uh, they can 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 move and pivot through what the market and and the environment's telling them, and that's um, it is amazing. I was working with a with a literally a nuclear weapon scientist who was trying to use some of that technology in in developing windmill products. And you know, by by understanding you know that same kind of system that gets technical fast, that that um, they were using for some weapons technology could um, uh, reduce friction in windmills and downtime and increase profitability dramatically. It's like wow, because they started really asking people and understanding of that whole network around um, the the system. In in this case, alternative energy that they were working in. Um, so. I think that's you know the, one of the biggest ahas for us for the research is is in, in recommendation that we talk about in in some of the skills is encouraging entrepreneurs to look at the whole system in which they're working because when they get those low moments that we all know and all the all your listeners have have experienced is they can translate them very quickly to other opportunities if they understand the system and they work if they're really stuck in they've got the solution and boy if we people will just understand them they're going to fail over and over again yeah it completely makes sense um so when you when you talk a little bit more about the the, the systems approach to it and and seeing opportunity to integrate other things or or finding find an opportunity really to, to leverage what you've already got. Um, Daniel, what would you say is something that, that you've seen that is instrumental in shifting uh, either a client's energy or, or just seeing a success story that, that was an energetic low to a high? Yeah, I was thinking as Cleve was talking, two of our skills, you know, we haven't revealed any of our skills yet, so I'm gonna do that. Um, or two of our skills in that section are observing with curiosity and listening with empathy and reflection. Um, firstly, observing curiosity, I'll just say, you know, some of the research that's been done on this, I don't know if you want to guess, Michael, for not to do this on this podcast, but what age would you guess that we start losing our curiosity? Oh gosh, I would say in our 20s. Yeah, so the research says we start losing it around five or six years old. Wow. That is the peak of our curiosity and we start losing it from there. So, you know, I think that is such a key skill to be able to have those moments of, you know, um, high moment energy comes out of it because you think about those children, right? You know, and one of the researchers we we, we uh, looked at for this talked about her children coming into the kitchen and just like pulling all the shelves out and pulling things apart and that she used to respond by wanting to shut that down. And at some point she just had to let go. Um, I think this is Dr. Gino and Harvard Business Review for anyone who would want to take a look at that. And um, you know, and just had to let go and sort of embrace it and explore, right? And so I think those high energy moments, again, coming out of something potentially low energy is about remembering that there's beauty to kind of understand what's happening in your world um, and kind of take it in and think about it more deeply. And same for me as a leader with my clients, which is, you know, one of the things I think that makes Petrero Group strong personally is that we don't have a perceived strategic planning process that we already say, this is how we're going to do it here you go. But we come in and we listen and we say, 
huh, let me see what this situation is for you. And let's adapt to what you need to, you know, what are your big questions? Let's try to explore this. And it may not be what we originally proposed or offered. And I think our businesses kind of take that mentality. We keep talking about this yes and mentality to kind of build ideas on each other. And we actually bring that word into our planning to say yes and. How do you think about something and go, that's an interesting spark. Let me add to that. It may not be the answer to what we need, but let me add to that and see if we can build something together. And it's surprising how many of our clients just you know start using yes and almost instantly because it reminds them that the high energy moment comes from this curiosity, comes from listening and really reflecting on someone saying, that's interesting. Not only am I empathizing with you, but I'm saying it makes me think blank. And it, I wonder if blank and asking that I wonder question brings that energy up and makes you feel that the process itself of your entrepreneurship is what's valuable. And I bet again, the product and the success follows suit. It certainly has for us. Yeah, yeah spot on. That's great. So what would be a couple examples from each of you of... Um maybe something personal about, you know, a high moment for you, what was really significant for you and why? Huh. Boy, you know, the, the highs for me are when we can help transform organizations and, and systems. Um, and we have done a lot of work with um, small organizations, often nonprofits or often entrepreneurs. So when we, uh, Daniel and I worked with an amazing client um, that was having a, a, a struggle with their board. And we uh, used some of the ideas from this book um, to do an open board recruitment process, which is really not done in that in that sector. And, um, and you know, because our work, where we, it's you know, is often successes are measured over weeks or months or sometimes years. And we put a lot of work into helping transform that board. And um, you know, fast forward uh, through a pretty uh, dedicated and an intense process, um, the entrepreneur, um, startup entrepreneur, have brought on ten new board members, and we've seen just their ability to bring in money, their ability to develop new product lines, their ability to just amplify their impact, uh, such a high. And so I think um, along the way, though, there was a lot of those energetic lows. Um, and and so I think uh, keeping the big picture in mind, but also just helping transform the, the work of this great entrepreneur and the work that she's trying to accomplish through um, looking outside of her systems and her silos and bringing in really different people uh, to, to that because her network was strong, but it was all people that were very similar to her. And um, through the applying a lot of principles we've talked about in this podcast, we've um, helped her bring in new approaches that have just transformed it. And that is a high, uh, but it's it's more of a high you get from having a, a protein drink rather than a, you know, a candy bar. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're we're not in the candy bar business. Um, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs are because you you have to, you know, uh, to get it through. But, but I think we've recognized and been through enough failures and seen enough people go through those moments and then pivot and then, come out the other end, um, we're able to support them and uh, and see it. So we have many of those those experiences. I have to talk about more, but I think that was the one that really came out in my mind. Yeah, solid experience there, Cleve. Uh, so Daniel, how about you? What do you got? You know, I'm thinking about this book again and not thinking about the skills of the book as much as just the experience of doing the book. I mean, the high moments of energy have been so variable for this, right? There have been those moments where 
Cleve and I as collaborators, you know, one of us was just not getting what the other person was was putting down. And it was just a struggle. And, you know, we've had to step aside and, you know, take some time. And, and then there's this moment where you watch it click in for someone else and you get such a, a high off of just like, oh, wow, like we have reached another phase. And then you realize, of course, that person's having that same experience with you. And so you have to kind of step back and say, how can I provide this high energy moment? How can I really do the work to kind of catch up? But then also just like releasing it, you know, it's been so many different levels of energy. And so to me, it's just like a reminder to people to appreciate all those levels. I've had to work on that quite a bit. You know, I used to get very, very down if it was not that sort of public appreciation of work and entrepreneurs really struggle with that. But the high energy moments for me for a book, for instance, can be absolutely giving a public, I like the candy bar, let's give a public, you know, pitch, you know, I know a lot of pitch competition and get and win it. Oh my God, have that high energy moment and relish in that public showcase of your work. Don't um, feel bad about enjoying that. At the same time, that text message I got from my cousin who bought my book and just sent a photo of him reading it without me asking to, right? Had such value for me in that personal moment of, of, of success, as well as just sort of the dialogue around the issues I'm putting forward, which also has its enjoyment. So I think, you know, in, in essence, what I'm saying is step back, appreciate the moment you're in um, and find a way to appreciate the multiple levels of value and take out that self-judgment. You know, I talk a lot about uh, in our, both our book and in the work we do about sort of not prejudging when you're brainstorming other ideas. And I say the worst person you're going to prejudge is yourself. Uh, we actually quote a musical in our book, believe it or not, because I'm a theater person. Uh, and, you know, there's some great quote, I'm going to paraphrase here, but it's about, it's a song called Die Vampires Die. And it's that worst vampire is the one inside your head. And how do you get rid of that? And I think celebrating success is super important as part of that at all levels and recognize your moments of success um, for yourself. Yeah, great, great insight and advice. So guys, both of you had some awesome insight today and uh, perspective, and I love hearing a little bit more about the book and and how you've made an impact in the world. But I'm also curious too, sometimes we love to have mentors. And so if you, either one of you could meet somebody deceased or living that you couldn't normally meet, who would that be and why? So many, um, you know, I've, I've, had been fortunate to have many, many mentors. And I, one of the things I would encourage your, your listeners to um, develop a rich pool of mentors, often same gender mentors who have uh, traveled that, that journey before. I think that's incredibly helpful. Um, I guess, you know, it's hard to answer one. I know that that's uh, what you're looking for, but um, I guess if I, if I was forced to, I, I think it would be uh, you know, somebody like Steve Jobs, who's just, you know, had that uh, just amazing vision and so much um, going uh, for him, but also a lot of wins going against him. So um, love to love to talk to him. I think the other one that would be really fun for me to talk to would be some of the social change mentors, uh, people like uh, Martin Luther King or, or Gandhi, who just moved, you know, whole continents uh, towards a, a much brighter future. So I don't know if, if social change mentors are are appropriate on a on a business podcast, but I actually think um, you know they have a lot to teach us about how to do business and how to move businesses 
forward, like the Patagonias of the world that really have uh, made billions of dollars for their, their funders, uh, but but also acted like a movement. So that's my, my answer to your question. Yeah, good. Oh, you did. Daniel. I'm going to I'm going to make you feel bad, Cleve, because I think I, I'm going to steal what you were trying to basically say, which is, you know, <laughs> not about the important people, but sort of the person behind the person kind of thing. So one of uh, again, when we present on this live or when we it's in the book as well is and I'm going to get his last name wrong, but Derek Sivers is his name. And it's a TED talk. And I believe it's called How to Lead a Movement or How to Make a Movement. One of those two. Um, so Google it. it is, first of all, my favorite TED talk ever because it's three and a half minutes. I think even less. And every TED talk I've ever watched, I never have watched the whole thing. Whoever watches a whole TED talk. So if you want just a lesson in public speaking and how to get your ideas across in a really concise manner, this is a great one. But the other thing that's great about it is the entire time there's a video behind him as he speaks. And the concept is you're watching a festival, a music festival, and there's this person just dancing really crazy like in the background. And he talks about how to lead like movement. And what happens is someone joins that person and starts dancing crazy with them. And guess what? By the time the TED Talk's over, the entire audience is up dancing, having a great time and, you know, enjoying what, uh, what is out there. And that, to me, that second person is the person I'd like to meet. I'd like to meet the person who has brave enough to say, I really buy into what this kind of interesting, different person is doing. And I'm willing to step up and be a follower, as he calls them, and inspire others. And I think to me, the bravery of that is often underrepresented. And that is leadership as well, that you're able to say, you know what, I really believe in what you do. And I think Cleve and I, again, in our partnership, that was the lesson I learned from Cleve and hopefully learned from me as well, is that we just really buy into what we both bring um, as individuals. And I think we're, we're seeing the companies and the people that succeed in the world even the Steve Jobs and Cleve will be the first to tell you this, they don't do it alone, right? They need to have that group innovation, that sort of myth that he brought up before. Thomas Edison's a great research project, if you ever have it. Thomas Edison didn't invent anything. A bunch of people invented stuff that Thomas Edison brought into a room. And I'd love to meet all those people with Thomas Edison and sit down and talk about their collaboration. Yeah. Sorry, Cleve, I just stole your thunder. This is why I love working with Daniel. <laughs> you know, this is, this is the beauty of of um, stepping outside of the solo entrepreneur yeah. uh, death. And I think that's you know, really the take message from um, from our work is that you can't do it alone. And so many um, people try to do it and they, they experience those lulls and then they get defeated and give up. And that's just part of it. When you have a really great team around you, um, it, it helps you buffet yourself against those, uh, those wins that are gonna come all the time in entrepreneurship. Yeah, great final word, Cleve. So guys, tell, tell our audience, how can they get a hold of you and how can they get a hold of the book? Boy, oh, great question. Let me go first. The book okay. is, on, uh, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the leadership here. Book is on don'tleadalone.com. Don'tleadalone.com. Of course, available in all the usual places. You can get it on Amazon, most notably, both as a book and an, uh, as a ebook as well. And a lot of other wonderful websites. Um, but if you want to, you know, sort of see more, get a sample chapter, we would go there. Uh, and then I'll turn it over to Cleve to talk about our consulting firm, which I think would be fun to talk about as well. Yeah, we, that's, um, obviously that's, it gave a great answer for the book. The consulting firm is called potrerogroup.com, P-O-T-R-E-R-O group. 
www.ncbcpartners.com. And uh, we do work at the intersection of business, government, and nonprofits. And you can see lots of our um, work and clients and others there or on our LinkedIn page. So really appreciate the, the call out to that. And uh, always happy to talk to people. Um, I take my work as a, as a um, professor and as an academic and as a consultant really seriously and just happy to talk to people and, and educate them and, and share insights you can uh, drop us an email or emails are on both those websites and uh, reach out to you always happy to get on a on a call for 15 minutes and to share ideas with, with people because you know this work is uh, challenging and we're happy to be a resource for people trying to trying to make the world a better place awesome well thanks guys for being on the show today sharing your wisdom. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for the great work that you do. Thanks for listening to Energy of Business Moments with your host, Michael Seip. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and we will see you on the next episode.